We're on the banks of the River Nile with the most powerful man in the Roman world, the legendary Julius Caesar. I'm Katie Derham. Welcome to the Glyndebourne Podcast. We'll be exploring the tangled webs of politics and love in Handel's Giulio Cesare. Cesare has pursued his enemy Pompeo across the sea to Egypt, where he's just won a decisive victory. As Cesare assembles with his victorious troops by the Nile, Handel borrows an immortal phrase from history. I came, I saw, I conquered. Cornelia, Pompeo's wife, begs for mercy for her husband. Cesare agrees, as long as Pompeo comes to see him in person. But suddenly, Cesare is presented with a gift from the Egyptian king Ptolemaeo, a basket containing Pompeo's head. I spoke to Sarah Connolly, who's played Cesare many times, and she told me that whenever she returns to the role, this is the moment where she thinks, I'm back. It's extraordinary aria of fury and rage. Cesare is extremely angry with Ptolemaeo for slicing off Pompeo's head without his permission. Those runs are merciless. So you just stand there and you just sing the hell out of it and kick a few chairs around. And um, it's, it's very clear what he's saying, that nobody messes with me, nobody does anything without my permission in this country, which I've just walked into. <laughs> At its premiere in 1724, the casting for Cesare would have been rather different. As Suzanne Aston, associate professor at the University of Oxford, explains. The role of Cesare is given to a castrato, and castrati typically in this period depicted the figures of lovers, very often young lovers or almost teenagers, figures coming to their maturity. And so any character in love, particularly any male character in love, is seen as emotionally volatile, not entirely belonging to the world of leadership. And so it's appropriate to depict them with a figure who is similarly borderline in the 18th century, and that is the figure of the castrato. Gentile, 
For Sarah Connolly, the opera is a chance to bring out a side of Julius Caesar which is not always remembered. He had um, visited most of the ladies in Rome. I think it's, it's probably very well known, but people don't talk about it so much. They talk about his conquests and his ego. But yes, he most definitely was a voracious lover. Cesare's partner in love and politics is the famously wily and seductive Cleopatra. She once had great power as the co-monarch of Egypt until her brother Ptolemeo usurped her and took the throne entirely for himself. This act of betrayal sparks off her plot to reclaim her throne. But to do so, she needs the help of Cesare. So she disguises herself as a servant, Lydia, and puts on a show to seduce Cesare and win him over. Suzanne Aston again. Probably the most famous Cleopatra aria is Vadoro Pupile, where she's setting out her emotional stall to Caesar and trying to woo him. Handel uses two orchestras, one in the pit and one on the stage, and a full array of instruments in order to give the sense of the muses on Parnassus. He has a part for the harp, for example, which is um, rather unusual. He has the part for viola de gamba, so that it presents this amazing picture of the, the grandeur, I think, of the Egyptian court of Cleopatra and provides a kind of overwhelming seduction. For William Fitzgerald, Professor of Latin Literature at King's College London, this is one of the high points of the opera. This moment has always been the one I'm waiting for when the da capo comes back. We know it's going to come back. We know we are going to have her sing that glorious tune again. We are being seduced by this fabulous aria and line up in a way with Cesare. We are drawn into the drama on stage.
Cesare is bewitched by Cleopatra's display and meets her in the palace. But Ptolemeo, who has sworn to kill Cesare to protect his kingdom, sends troops to ambush him. Cleopatra reveals her true identity and begs Cesare to flee. But in one of his most famous and difficult arias, Al Lampo dell'Armi, Cesare returns to his military mode and resolves to stand and fight. It's a chance for Cesare to strut his stuff, but a physical challenge for any singer. Sarah Connolly again. It's very much a, a martial aria, and that's all these repeated notes. Da -da 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 Interestingly, Handel uses it as a sort of trumpet effect to sort of rally the troops and rally himself out of his sort of romantic slumber, if you like, with Cleopatra, as a rousing aria. It's gloriously written for the voice, but physically I can't move around too much in that aria because you have to stand still when you're doing coloratura of that difficulty. So I do remember when we were staging that, I say, this bit where I, you know, the, the ritornello in between the vocal lines, yes, I'll jump on the bed and I'll take my sword out and hold it up high, but then when the singing starts, I have to stand still. I can't be waving anything around. So we, the choreography has to very much be sympathetic to, to what, what we do vocally. ends with the announcement on stage that Cesare, in a desperate attempt to avoid death, has jumped from a palace window into the Nile and died. But in Act 3, we find that Cesare has survived and is wandering the desert in search of his soldiers. William Fitzgerald. It's a moment in which Cesare reflects on his vulnerability. Cesare describes himself as alone, he who might be the monarch of the world is here alone on the sands. It's extraordinary, it's the only aria where he is out, out of his own body. He almost died. And it's, he's looking at the world in a different way. And I think he finds it sh quite shocking. I take it very slow. It's very soft, it's, it's nebulous. There's something almost dance-like about it. 
and there's lots of suspensions, lots of held notes, which always show tension and release, both musically and spiritually. It's Handel speaking directly to us about how he feels about the world. He really understood frailty and um, vulnerability, and this is one of those arias. The sibling rivalry between Ptolemeo and Cleopatra breaks out into open conflict. At first, Ptolemeo's forces appear victorious. Cleopatra is imprisoned and laments both her situation and Cesare's death. But suddenly, Cesare bursts in to rescue her, and Cleopatra joyfully celebrates his return in Da Tempeste Ilienio Infranto. Ptolemeo is killed off, leaving Cesare and Cleopatra free to enter his former kingdom of Alexandria as a victorious couple. Cesare proclaims Cleopatra as the queen of Egypt and pledges to support her. They profess their love. It sounds very romantic, but more cynical motivations may lie beneath. William Fitzgerald. Cleopatra says to Cesare that she will worship him as the imperator, the emperor of Rome, di Roma. Cesare replies, Cupid, who has ever seen such beautiful hair, Chioma? So this couplet here has Cleopatra speaking about political status and Cesare 
deflecting it to love. So if you like, Cesare at the end of this opera has been won over to love. Power or love, which is more important for Cleopatra? We get a kind of version of it in that she's using her physical charms and her vocal charms to win over Cesare and to manipulate him for her ends, but then ends up falling in love with him herself. The struggle between power and love is entirely internal to Cleopatra herself, and she's overcome by love. Sarah Connolly isn't quite so convinced by Cesare's newfound romantic side. I don't think he ever saw them as serious lovers. Um, there's no cost to their relationship. They're very, very fond of each other and they see their political alliance as probably more important than their emotional um, dependence. And it's exactly that ambiguity that makes Handel's Giulio Cesare a subtle exploration of the tension between power and love. The last word goes to Sarah Connolly. Handel completely understands human nature and how to make that person reality, to make them look like they are everyday people. They may be gods, they may be soldiers, they may be leaders of the of the Roman world, but they all, they're all fallible, they're all um, capable of, of weakness. Giulio Cesare is an extraordinary masterpiece in that it shows the wonderful gelling of singing and drama. The music you've been listening to is from the Glyndebourne production of Giulio Cesare, recorded as a co-production between Glyndebourne and Opus Arte. This edition by Winton Dean and Sarah Fuller is performed by arrangement with Oxford University Press. William Christie conducted the Orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment, Sarah Connolly performed the role of Cesare, with Danielle Denise as Cleopatra and Christophe Dumont as Ptolemaeo. Thank you for listening to this Glyndebourne podcast with me, Katie Derham. You can hear more artists discussing some of the greatest operas ever written in our other episodes. There's one on Handel's Saul, as well as classics by Mozart and Verdi, through to the 20th century with Debussy and Barber. If you like what you hear, why not subscribe, rate and review the podcast on your podcast app? 
It helps other people find and celebrate opera and Glyndebourne.